I'm Julie Nemitz, former for-profit marketing executive to Fortune 500 brands turned evangelist for marketing excellence and innovation in live theater. This is In the Green Room. It wasn't long ago that I was racking up frequent flyer miles, traveling the country, leading digital media and marketing for some of the world's top brands, and I was exhausted. Worse yet, I felt utterly empty. It was then I had an aha moment. I can take all of that I learned over the last 15 years climbing the corporate ladder in for-profit marketing, making billions for those top brands, mind you, and use it for good to help my true passion, the theater, thrive in this brave new digital world. Fast forward through a pandemic and lessons learned, and you'll see a happy me today leading regional and community theaters to grow with marketing innovations, strategies, and kickin' content. If you're a theater maker feeling overwhelmed by the lightning pace of marketing changes, lack the confidence or resources to implement new marketing tactics, or just want to find support to create a theater that makes an impact in your community, you are in the right place. Now grab some coffee and a cardboard cup, and let's get on with the show. makers, artists, oh, business-minded folk. I cannot believe it. Here we are, season four of the podcast. I am blown away, truly, by the growth and the excitement for this little podcast that could, this little theater podcast that slow out of the gate, but my goodness, how we've grown. And you know what? Over the past couple of months, I've become part of some incredible teams working hard to make great theater. Marissa and Annika at Face Off Theater Company, Owen, Chuck, and Ashley at Playhouse Stage Company, all my friends over at Farmer's Alley Theater, plus over 65 theater makers who are part of the Sell the Show Winter Session. I'm talking about you, Brian, at Exit Stage Right Theater, Susan and Maddie at Cottage Theater, Leanne at Des Moines Playhouse, Leah at Port Huron Civic Theater, Lori at Aurora Players, Heidi at Black Box Theater in Kansas City, and Catherine at Eagle Theater Company. Now, listeners, they started a brand new spanking theater and sold out their very first weekend. I'm doing the ticket sales happy dance here on the podcast today. So many fantastic theaters I am so fortunate to know and to help. Life is good. And guess what, y'all? I started teaching college. I've got 23 students in THEA 4000 Performing Arts Marketing at Western Michigan University. I'm sure throughout the season, I'll be prepping in some anecdotes and learnings from this amazing group of young adults. They're the future of our industry, and I love every minute I get to spend with them. And if you've listened to the podcast over these past seasons, you've probably figured out that I truly believe in keeping theater moving forward in every way, every shape, and in every form. I get jazzed at innovation. 
I adore experiencing new work. That dopamine hit I get as part of that communal experience of live theater cannot, it just can't be replicated anywhere. And because you're listening to this podcast, I have a feeling that you agree. And to kick off our fourth season, I want to take a moment to lift us up out of the weeds of making theater marketing. The social media posts that aren't scheduled yet, the emails that aren't written, the 400 photos that just arrived in a Google Drive that you need to review. It's time to get away from those weeds. And believe me, we can get there fast, right? We do tend to focus on the what and the where. But are you and your team really remembering the why? You know, live theater offers such a unique and immersive experience that can't be replicated through any other form of media. You know, there are so many reasons why live theater is a valuable experience. Live theater performances allow us to experience a story or a play in real time with actors performing right in front of us. This creates a sense of immediacy and connection with performers that's just not possible on Netflix. It's not possible to get when you're watching NBC. You get the community. The live theater creates a sense of this community and a shared experience. When we all attend a live performance together, we're part of a live audience that's experiencing the very same story and the same emotions at the same time. You know for a fact it creates this sense of connection and camaraderie that really is quite powerful. Live theater is such a unique art form because it's the word is ephemeral, right? No two performances are exactly the same. And once the performance is over, it, it can't be experienced again in exactly the same way. The sense of liveness, I guess, is a good word. And of course, <laughs> the unpredictability is part of what makes live theater so exciting and so thrilling. Don't forget that. You know, the emotional connection that we get is so powerful. The live performance allows for, you know, the real-time interaction between the actors and the audience. And this interaction can create a strong emotional connection between these two powerful entities. It can be especially important for stories that deal with complex or sensitive subjects. It allows the audience to engage in the story on a deeper level. We can't discount the emotional connection that we offer our communities, right? And then there's, of course, cultural significance. You know, theater has such a rich history of cultural significance. It has been an important part of human society for thousands of years, and it continues to be an important art form today. Attending live theater performances allows us to connect with this rich cultural heritage and gain such a deeper appreciation for the art form. Do I sound like a cheerleader? <laughs> I am. That's how excited I am about this season, talking about the programming that's going to make us successful, the productions that we're going to pour our heart and soul into to make as great as we possibly can, and the promotion of those productions. That's what's going to be valuable because there's value everywhere, and it's sometimes too easy to forget that value should be at the center point of everything that we do and create for audiences. A lot of times, 
like I said, getting into the weeds. It's about us. It's about the show we're doing. It's what what it is. What's it about? How to get there? What to do when you get there? It's all about the what and the where. When it's less about what we are actually offering to the public, it's about what the public wants and what value they get from being a part of our world, being a part of our theater's world. So a couple weeks ago, I began teaching the concept of value of the performing arts to my students. You know, I asked, how do arts organizations define and create value? Have you asked that question of yourself, of, of your team, of your board? Does an organization exist to be a vessel for the development of art for art's sake? Is it the value proposition of the organization that we just exist for art's sake? Does the organization exist to provide the byproducts of art directly to customers, right? Are we just here to provide a place for productions to be viewed? Is it both? (laughs) We develop works of art, right? And we present these products to consumers. That's what we do as theater makers. There's something called internal value that I've been thinking a lot about, internal value and external value. Internal value can be defined as the actual creating of art by the artist, whether you're working on a new work or you're bringing back a classic, the artist, the director, the designers, the value of our product is assessed at that level, right? There's economic value. What I exchange for cash is of exceptional value. That's a great example of an external value. You know, what the show we're giving you is very, very valuable for the money you're asking for. But cash is not just attached to the price of admission. There are other factors that impact economic value. How much does it cost to park? How much does it cost for me to get a babysitter? All of these things roll in to the external value that we are offering with our productions. There's functional value. Arts organizations that offer perks to improve your value. Let's say you offer ticket insurance or a refund policy, or you have add-ons like after show talks with the cast and the production team. You have exclusive access to certain seats before the general public. All of these different things are functional value that we're offering and that are of interest to our customers. Then there's social value. And we talked about that earlier. You know, the UCL Division of Psychological and Language Sciences have proven out that watching a live theater performance can synchronize your heartbeat with other people in the audience, regardless if you know them or not. Like I said earlier, there is incredible value with being in a space with other humans and experiencing the same thing. One of the organizations that I love and follow quite closely is Arts Midwest. They support efforts that connect people through ideas and solutions through creativity. Includes grant-making initiatives, community programming, and they have an awards, a ceremony celebrating Midwestern creativity. I love Midwestern creativity. (laughs) And you should check them out. I'll put the uh, 
the URL and the website information in the show notes, but I highly encourage you check them out, especially if you are a state in the Midwest. There's experiential value. Those are the personal feelings of satisfaction that a customer enjoys from exchanging of art for their time and their money, right? That feeling of satisfaction comes from that experience, and that's a value. There's also an organization called Creating Connection. They're an organization that helps theater companies do just what their organization is called, Create Connection. Creating Connection is a national initiative to make creative expression a recognized, valued, and expected part of everyday life. Now, Brian Weaver is the artistic director of Portland Playhouse, and he leveraged a lot of the learnings that he had with Creating Connection when it came time to create a fundraiser for Portland Playhouse. In the past, they had done your traditional rubber chicken dinners with some performances by people that were involved with the theater, and it was a very nice affair. But he decided that he really wanted to mix things up. Brian said, how can we bring more of what we do into the world of our supporters? And they really changed it up. They created more experiential experiences throughout the theater. They opened up every corner of their space, the offices, the scene shop, the costume shop. Every corner of their theater was open to their supporters and their audiences. As a matter of fact, when they walked into the door of the theater, they were welcomed with a Bloody Mary bar where they could all start to create their own version with their own favorite ingredients from the get-go. Their supporters were encouraged to create something, something new, something different. And as they walked around the space, they experienced different types of performances. In the costume shop, there was somebody that was doing a Shakespeare monologue. On the stage, there was a trio performing with a singer. All these different experiences were happening throughout the space. And guess what? They made a lot more money than they did the previous year. So by taking something as simple as your fundraiser and creating value not for your theater, but creating value for your supporters and your donors can make the world of difference. Do you see how you're turning it around? You're thinking less about what can I do and what am I about? What does my organization need? To what do my supporters need? What would make them feel included and have it be an inclusive atmosphere that would make them feel really great about growing support for their theater? And this is what Brian did at Portland Playhouse. So you get an idea of how we can really use value and turn it around to remind ourselves of what's important and what we are giving back to our audiences and how we can grow them by talking more about their experience in attending our theater, attending our productions, than what we are doing. Well, that's it for this episode. Here we are, season four. And we're going to kick it off with some incredible interviews coming up over the next several months, as well as more tactical and in the weeds. Yes, we're going to get in the weeds on best practices for our theater marketing. 
Thank you so much for joining me. You know I so appreciate it when you're here. And hey, tell your theater maker friends about this podcast and have them listen as well. You can find all the information you need as well as a bunch of free materials and free resources over on my website, julienemitz.com. Check out the show notes. And hey, drop me a voicemail if you have an idea for an episode that you'd like to hear. I love getting voicemails here on the podcast, so feel free to do that through the link below. All right, take care, everyone, and let's continue to keep theater moving forward, and let's sell that show. See you next week.